Hi, I'm Ian DeLisi. And I'm Chef James Regato. And in this episode of Essential Cooking, James and I talk with Desiree Vincent Levy, co-founder of Detroit Kitchen Terminal. Detroit Kitchen Terminal provides culinary training, job placement, and professional development for Detroit's hospitality industry. Desiree spoke with us about the COVID relief fund she started for restaurant workers during the pandemic and the state of the restaurant industry today. One of the coolest things over the last uh, year was really you coming through and pivoting and raising money for restaurant workers during um, that really tough period of COVID when, you know, unemployment wasn't really happening. Everything was really backed up. It was a lot of restaurant workers were seriously struggling and you single-handedly put together this, this, this fundraiser to just get cash in, in food workers' hands. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, you're, you're making me blush. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you use the word pivot and we did pivot. That's not, um, I would say, in Detroit Kitchen Terminal's intended mission, um, but it felt so urgent at the moment and we had the resources to spare. So we started out a fund and once we put it online, we had a overwhelming amount of support from people who donated to support it, but then also an overwhelming amount of people who applied. Yeah. And while I'm grateful that we were able to step up and help, you know, some individuals that were impacted, we didn't meet the need of everyone um, just because it was so, so great. Yeah. Well, you're filling holes that, you know, the government should be, you know, I mean, that's the pretty mm-hmm. intense thing. And I think for you, knowing you so well, I think like you kind of like wanted to almost like knock on the door and then you saw how many people were there. You're like, okay. Like, and I'm sure it inspired future endeavors and things that you're working on now. I mean, I, you know, I imagine just, just, just knowing, you, I imagine that <laughs> this inspired you for, for, you know, future activity. What is the Troy Kitchen Terminal doing now? Yeah, so right now, as far as our physical space and opening up our doors to the community, that's still in holding because we need to just have a stronger grip on like what's happening right now before we're comfortable moving forward. Um, but right now, pretty soon here, we'll be launching a job board. So a lot of the contacts that came through of people applying for funding um, will have a job board available so that we can kind of put every... Um, hospitality job that's hiring at the moment in one place and just has an ongoing thing um, so people can find that information there. And then, um, I mean, we have some future plans for things, nothing that should be talked about now. But but yeah, it's it's really based on us opening our community space, but we're just in holding with that. No, right yeah, now. for sure. But you know, you have, uh, you currently have uh, social media people can follow, right? Detroit Kitchen Terminal or? Yeah. Uh, so we have a website, DetroitKitchenTerminal.org. Okay. You can go there. You can sign up for um, our mailing list to be the first to know about anything else that's happening. Um, you can just kind of get an overview of what we'll be doing, um, high level overview. And then also, yes, you can connect on social media. Wonderful. And the handles are all Detroit Kitchen Terminal. Okay. And I, cause I mean, I know you definitely have the chef connection. You're good friends with my, my boy, Anthony over at <laughs> She Wolf. Um, so, you know, you've done stuff, uh, obviously with him, you and I have, you know, kind of you know, done a lot in, his, in, in the past, but also kind of teeing up things for the future. So COVID obviously, um, really, you know, messed things up for, for any kind of like charitable organizations. And I'm just now starting to see people kind of like, you know, get back to normal. I actually got a couple of emails, you know, soliciting restaurants for, you know, funds, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, you're like, wow, okay, that, you know, we're there again. You know, that, that that's kind of funny. I haven't seen one like that in a, in a year. So it's, uh, restaurants are still a little crazy right now, but it's exciting to see that events and kind of like good impact are like ramping up again. Cause for a minute there, it felt like, you know, you think restaurants are hit hard, try being like a charity or like a, you know, try doing, try like, Try knocking on people's door and asking for money when everyone's like, you know, in a panic of like their own health. 
Yeah. So it's it's exciting to see the you know the the, the prospects. Yeah. So one thing um, that we were talking about, one of the hardest parts of COVID for me personally was that we had to indefinitely suspend like the planning of this festival of brunch that we were yeah. working on. Yep. Um, but I actually emailed Haley, who's on the team recently, to see like what we can do to kind of tee that conversation back up and to see if it's it's if it's viable to have next year. So I'm hoping that that's something that, speaking of events, that right. we could kind of get on the books and kind of get moving forward. And that was something that actually, Anne, you were involved in too. Right, we we yeah. had a cool um, kind of brunch collaboration event planned with multiple chefs and restaurants. And that was probably going to be our biggest event to date. Yep. And we were, I mean, that was, we were like, I mean, we had we a meeting. Ready. We you know, were we, ready to go. Yeah. We were like, I mean, we were, I feel like, I mean, you were, you were, you were about to send out some serious yeah. invites. And we, yeah. We were about to go hard on like getting our sponsorships lined yeah. up, all of that. But the great thing is so that we were having it um, to fund the scholarship program that James and I, along with my husband, DeAndre founded Regenerate mm-hmm. Detroit. And the scholarship is in a really good place. Um, so COVID kind of, um, setting those plans aside, it didn't stop the scholarship and the students from being okay. able to move forward in school. But I'm really looking forward to establishing this as a, a annual event and something to look forward to and just have a lot of fun. Yeah. Cause Regenerate was something that was, you know, really exciting. I remember DeAndre and I first talking and, you know, DeAndre is, you know, awesome and very, very similar he's okay. ideology. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, he's very, he's a very generous guy. And uh, I remember when he introduced me to you, I was like, Oh, DeAndre, get out of my, get out of my way. You're slow. You're slowing me and Desiree down. <laughs> But this, yeah, Regenerate, is, we, we kind of work uh, hand in hand with Detroit Food Academy, which if anybody um, knows them, they know the good work they do. If you don't know, look them up because they're an incredible organization. But um, the scout, we were, we were kind of raising scholarship money for students to go to Schoolcraft, mm-hmm. specifically students of Detroit and Detroit Food Academy affiliates, because, you know, uh, I, I went to Schoolcraft and I kind of knew about it. And, the, uh, you know, some of the higher end restaurants take a lot of pride in, in having that, that bridge to the school. And I think it's an incredible opportunity for people that maybe don't know about Schoolcraft or aren't paying attention to the culinary scene. Um, so I, 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 I took a lot of pride in that um, Regenerate uh, event. So I'm looking forward to that getting back uh, yeah. on track too. Yeah. So Regenerate for me, the really important and beautiful thing about it, it was it, it was a pipeline, essentially creating a pipeline. So right. Detroit Food Academy, I mean, student, they would have a full scholarship to go to culinary school and then they would come back to Detroit or the Southeast Michigan area and they would have... Um, ownership and be a leader and have the opportunity to grow that way in the culinary scene, which I felt like was important. And that's why it's called Regenerate because we're cultivating the talent that's here to get the skills to come back. Well, I'm so happy to hear that you're, it never lost, you know, left your mind. And it's something that is still in motion because that's incredible. I think it's incredibly (laughs) important work. And some of the, so honestly, some of the coolest things I've done in my career were those dinners. So I hope we can keep them going. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I'm sorry, we, I, I'm talking like no, nonstop. No, no, <laughs> it's totally fine. I want to go back to Detroit Kitchen Terminal for a, a little bit. Sure. Because um, Desiree, can you talk about like what you guys are doing right now and people who are interested, what they need to do if they want to get involved in this? And, um, you know, is there a capacity limit? Like how, you know, all those kinds of particulars so that um, we reach the right people and make sure the right people know that you exist and what you can do to help them. Yeah. So as far as people applying to be a part of our programming, mm-hmm. um, we're not actively accepting applications, but we are collecting 
um, contacts and emails so that if people would like to join our job board or other resources that we'll be sharing, they can get that information. And then as far as volunteer goes, right now we're only looking to work with um, individuals who are able to offer pro bono support, Mm -hmm. particularly on business strategy, um, because Uh we are going to be applying for grants to sustain ourselves. But we're also looking for ways to operate as a um, successful business so that we can have freedom to do what we would like to do in the community and meet needs and not be solely reliant upon grants. Oh, that's a challenge too. That's also, I mean, that's, I think that's the right way to do it because there's so, sometimes there's so many limitations on what somebody else wants you to do and it can be distracting. It can be distracting. It could cause a mission to drift. It could cause a whole bunch of things. So we just want to remain nimble and flexible so that we can show up in the ways that we need to show up in the community. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're running for governor. And I you 100%. I'm not running for governor. <laughs> Yet. You Yet. need to find a more appealing job for her. <laughs> we'll Pre- her president, we'll, fine, we'll president. We'll get her to run for something. But. I appreciate the vote of confidence, but I, I don't ever see Beck being wearing, I could be effective. Like, right, no, I'm just teasing. I love to be in community. Yeah, for sure, I appreciate it. <laughs> WDET celebrates 75 years of public radio with gratitude to our dedicated listeners. Listeners like you cherish community voices, local music, and independent journalism. This spring fundraiser, we're counting on your support, just as you count on us. Invest in WDET's next chapter at WDET.org or tap Donate in the mobile app. Desiree, can you talk a little bit about um, some of the success stories that you've seen through this program, um, things that were maybe unexpected that was like, oh my gosh, we really made these really cool things happen for these folks. Can you talk about things that you kind of maybe even surprised you as you were um, moving this program forward? Well, I can talk about um, the COVID fund. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Not to sound cheesy, but it moved me to tears quite a bit. Um, people who applied and then, you know, once they receive the cash app or the PayPal or whatever, however mm-hmm. they receive the money, um, responding and saying things like, I was on my last $50 or something like that. And to me, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to be corny and cry right now, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it was just so moving because sometimes I feel like we don't always know the depth of challenge that people are having. Um, so being able to show up, it, it felt meaningful and it felt important. And I'm glad, even though it was small, that we were able to be, um, to stand with them. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So keeping some of these folks afloat, well, it was a really tough time for the restaurant industry. Let's just be fair. It yeah. was well, especially, so hard. Especially because, like I said, I mean, you know, you you kind of like, you don't really think about your government all the time until you like really desperately need them. And there were so many restaurant workers that were like, months and months of waiting for unemployment. Their, their restaurant closed. The rest, a lot of restaurant owners kind of like, you know, I'm sorry, but just, you know, just, just like, just lost contact, turned their back on their employees. And, and maybe they had to, but like it, something like what you offered a lifeline to people that had no other alternative. And like, you did that kind of on your own. And I mean, like you can't applaud that. I can't applaud that enough. That was incredibly inspiring. Um, James, I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit. So we keep hearing these news stories about that there are no, that restaurants can't hire people, qualified people. There's a, now this huge shortage. So what happened there? Did did these folks go on to other jobs? Did they, you know, are they collecting unemployment, do you think? Yeah. Are they like, I mean, it just seems so extreme right now, especially in, the, I know it's everywhere, right. don't get me wrong. Like I realize that, you know, every facet of our 
you know, our society there looking for qualified people to work. But in the restaurant world, especially, what, why is it so challenging? Why, what is going on there? Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's about a four hour reply. So I'm going right. to try you know, <laughs> to boil it down. I think it's a number of things. I think you had, um, Detroit was already kind of like, we, we, a lot of restaurants were already looking for staff in general. You know, it was already really, really um, tough to find like a full, to, like, get, a, to get fully staffed. Qualified people. You know, we just, we just, just had a lot of restaurants open in the last 10 right. years and there's not a ton of investment in the education, you know, uh, mm-hmm. of, of hospitality workers. I think you have a lot of restaurants that um, that overcorrected. They're like, "Oh wow, you know, we have to close down for a week, or here's a restriction, laying people off." You know, restaurants don't make a lot of money, you know, on 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 average, but those that do do well. And I think there was a lot of restaurants that turned their back on their employees too fast, way too fast. And I think some employees that maybe were a couple years into the game, maybe they weren't too invested in this industry, went to marijuana was a huge one. There's a lot of marijuana, you know, um, jobs that have opened up Mm -hmm. and which is perfectly fine. But, you know, it's like similar, you know, style of industry. It's basically service. So, you know, it's growing things in service. So, I mean, it's that grabbed a lot of employees. I think that, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't schools are still weird. You know, people that have kids, like, what are you going to rush back to a job mm-hmm. that just kind of turn their back on you? So I think that the, the, the industry owes some of that blame for sure. We should shoulder that because, uh, we, we kind of turn our back on employees. I don't think that $300 a week is like, you know, complete, like causing a dam in this river no. of like people mm-hmm. trying to get jobs. Right. I think that, you know, we also need to have, you know, I think we need, we need universal healthcare. I, th- I think that you're expecting like restaurants to all of a sudden like solve all the problems of the world that the, that the government should be solving. So I think that like the idea of going back to a workplace, vaccinations are scaring some people. If you're unvaccinated, you're afraid to go back. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're scared of the vaccination, then you don't, you know, what, what policy is the restaurant having now? It's just a very confusing time to be a restaurant worker. And especially if you feel left out and Desiree can attest to that, the people that were asking for, you know, a lifeline, these are people that were desperate Mm -hmm. eight months ago. So I'm not, I don't think that you're, you're, you know, feeling like, you know, waking up in the morning, putting on your apron and going back and working for somebody that maybe you didn't feel cared about you. So it's, it's a complex situation, but I mean, I'm a, I, I, I'm a positive, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a positive person. I, I look at the future in the industry as bright. I think there's a lot of problems that are going to be solved, but it's just maybe just not today. Mm-hmm. But I think that you're going to see prices rise on food. You're going to see more restaurants going to ticketed systems and automatic gratuity and charging a percentage to give health care to their staff. You're going to see a lot of restaurants kind of saying, you know what, we need, a, we need more infrastructure to take care of our people and we need to protect them from, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, People like, oh, I had a bad experience. I'm not tipping you. Well, you're just pulling someone's wage. That's crazy. So I think there's a lot of things that are going to change for the better. Mm-hmm. It, right now, it's just like it's that crazy, like after the the flood, you know, we're just trying to figure out, you know, what we're trying to survey the damage. But I definitely encourage um, people that are looking for jobs to look to restaurants because there's a lot of great restaurants out there. There's a lot of great employers out there. You know, I know places like Freya are opening up, you know, mm-hmm. a brand new restaurant. There's some good people out there that take care of their employees. I have way more restaurant friends that took care of their staff than I do those that didn't. Because if you didn't, chances are we're not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, so I want to encourage people to look to restaurants for employment. But you know, at the same time, I'm not, I'm not interested in the, in the sob stories of like, you know, oh, it's so hard. I can't open my restaurant. Well, you know, maybe look at what you're paying, what you're offering and talk, you know, talk to individuals. I, I, I hire people with zero skill all the time. And I say skill as an experience. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. has skills, mm-hmm. right. but I hire zero experience all the time. Cause I'm like, Hey, you know, we, you can't, 
create jobs for people if you're just looking at the same body of, of individuals. You have to pull in people from other fields, which is what marijuana did. You know, mm-hmm. two years ago, nobody worked in marijuana in Michigan because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really legal. Maybe, right. maybe five years ago. But so, yeah, it's a complex answer. But I think that uh, the future to me is still bright, but it's just we're in a, we're in a crazy, weird spot right now. Are we going to see um, more restaurants open, um, new restaurants? Or that's going to – I remember Mark Kurlianchik, um, who was the free press writer, uh, restaurant critic, who said back in 2019, he said, this is the biggest year Detroit's ever had and probably will ever have in terms of restaurants opening. Oh, wow. yeah. and it was huge. It well, felt like every month there was some big restaurant opening. The per capita growth of restaurants for sure was at a peak in 2019. But at the same time, you have a lot of space, you have a lot of infrastructure, you have a lot of landlords sitting on buildings that have hood systems and plumbing and everything ready for restaurants. And, you, I mean, to me, there's a lot of people looking to grow. I think you're going to see, you know, fast food is growing. I mean, you're going to see a lot of, you know, I mean, that, that market is crazy. Fast food had a record year. You know, already, I mean, a huge percentage of the food in America already is, you know, fast food kind of, you know, trash. I'm not, you know, I mean, it's a lot of stuff is not good for you and they're growing. That scares me. That's the wrong kind of growth, but you're seeing, I mean, there's a McDonald's opening up on John R right now, you know I mean? A mile from another McDonald's. It's just like, you're seeing um, a lot of growth, no matter what. I think that large corporations are doubling down because there's cheap space, you know, you're seeing, and, and you, you can kind of hermit crab. A lot of people are taking over existing spaces. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, you're absolutely going to see more restaurants continuing to open. Yep. Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to go away. But they definitely need people to come and work. And I think what you said about training people is a big thing. It's like, you know, you don't have to know everything about cooking to go and work in a restaurant. Absolutely. And, and that's also what, you know, Detroit Kitchen Terminal, uh, a lot about the real taking people that are coming out of, you know, that uh, were institutionalized or incarcerated and kind of giving them skills and opportunities. There's a lot of that going on with, you know, in, in Desiree's uh, future with the Troy Kitchen Terminal. And yeah, creating, even even your job board, there's not really a place right now to look for yeah. jobs outside of like Craigslist or Facebook, which are not usually the best places. Mm-hmm. So to have somebody kind of filtering uh, placement opportunities for those looking for specific work, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's the, and that's what I'm saying. That's the right direction. There, we have positive things going on in the city, you know, all the time. It's just a matter of like sorting through the nonsense too, you mm-hmm. know, because there's a, there's a lot of like, bad restaurant jobs out there. No, sure. no question. But if right. you care and you try and you look around a little bit, I think you'll be rewarded. I have 23 years in the industry and I'm, I love it. I'm very happy, but it's, uh, it's, you know, it's tough. It's definitely a tough business. And uh, Desiree, if people want to find out, they want to get on the board, they want to get into your system. Is it info at Detroit kitchen terminal.com? Dot org. Dot org. Mm-hmm. Dot org. And that's how you can go if you're interested in working in this business. If you are a former restaurant worker and you want to get back into it, you can help connect them. I will do that. You will. Our thanks to Desiree Vincent Levy for talking with us, to you for listening, and... We would like to thank LaMarca Prosecco for their support. From the hills of Veneto, Italy, you can never go wrong with Prosecco, whether it's in a spritz or drinking straight. We're going to take some time off from publishing to work on new episodes, and we'll return in the fall. Joan Isabella is our executive producer with producer David Lyons and assistant producer Lisa Brancato, editing by Rowan Nemisto. Production support provided by Studios on the Pond, original music by the Mallet Brothers. This is a production of WDET, Detroit's NPR station. 